everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Comic Source. I'm your host, Jace. This is a creator-owned spotlight for a campaign that's currently running on Zoop. The campaign is called We Belong. Fantastic campaign. Uh, we have one of the editors, Victor Kearney, joining us to talk about some of the stories and um, the inclusiveness and diversity and all those good things uh, that are sort of inherently baked into this campaign, along with those fantastic stories. So, uh, Victor, thanks for taking the time to join me. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, so uh, I mentioned this is a very uh, inclusive project, uh, and the press release, I, you kept r- repeating that phrase, we belong, it's the name of the project. Uh, and I think it's so important for people of all different walks of life, all different colors, uh, all different cultural backgrounds, religious beliefs, or, or whatever, to see themselves represented in story. I say it all the time. You look at the fiction and the fantasy and the stories that a society creates, and that will tell you what the society cares about, what their values are. There's so much to that. And our society is very diverse. There's people of all creeds and colors and walks of life, like I said. So it's so important for people to see themselves represented, especially younger you know, readers, to see themselves represented in story, to feel seen. So give us a little background. Uh, you know, How do you see this project? How did it come together? Um, you know, beyond just telling great stories and having fantastic art, what are some of the things that you hope that this project uh, accomplishes? Well, one of the things that I noticed um, was, uh, you know, as, you know, comics continue to evolve, um, while queer comics were and queer characters were being added in, there still wasn't a lot of Black queer characters that many of our readers or or anyone could really kind of relate to or see. Um, also, when it came to queer projects, it was still very white um, in a way of just not really representing all of us within the rainbow, as they say. So um, I just have always thought of what would be what would be wonderful or how it would be wonderful if we were able to have more of a, a book that kind of showcased so many Black queer artists and creators, but also tell black and queer stories um, in the world or in a genre that we don't really see ourselves in that much, like fantasy and sci-fi. So I thought it would be a great idea to maybe kind of find some artists and creators to do this. Um, So I sat down with William O. Tyler, the other editor with this book, and we kind of really talked through like what that will look like and how we can get this done. We we went with Tara, um, who has um, Stacked That Press, who has her own publishing company, and we just kind of got together to really hash out how this will look. And then we took some time to really reach out to a lot of queer Black um, creators and artists that are out there, but not really utilized a lot um, to really be a part of this book, because we feel like this will be a good stepping ground for them to really get their feet wet in this industry. So after kind of getting all that together, kind of reach out to folks and then the rest is kind of history. Yeah. And I find that so interesting, right? Like we talk about being seen as a reader, but you know, also as a, as a creator, uh, you know, I, I know a lot of uh, black uh, creators who are, uh, you know, part of the rainbow who identify as queer. Uh, so it is a little surprising to me because you're right. Like we've, we have made progress. We have seen progress, but it seems like it starts in baby steps. And yeah, there is so much like when I grew up, right. As a straight white guy, I never had to worry about being represented or feeling seen. It was easy to imagine myself as as Superman and uh, or Batman or Spider Man or whomever, Captain America, any number of you know so many to choose from, right? Uh, and then as a as a person of color, 
you know, if if you were straight, you had less to choose from. And then if you were queer, it's like, wait, you're not you're not represented at all. And yeah, we've taken steps, but it seems like it starts from that default of white guy. So, you know, straight white guy, default superhero. And now we finally start making some project. But now it's, you know, queer white guy. It's like, can we just, you know, and again, I'm, I'm, I don't begrudge anybody. I don't begrudge the publishers uh, necessarily, but I feel like we should be learning these lessons a little faster. Okay. Uh, and it's got to be, you know, if I'm seeing that, it's got to be for somebody like you and for a lot of these creators, creators it's got to be frustrating. So I applaud you for kind of taking matters into your own hands. I, I imagine once you've reached out to these creators, they must have been just jumping at the opportunity. Was that the case? A little bit of yes and no. Um, some, you know, when it comes to anything like this, everyone is, uh, you know, want to make sure that, you know, their that work is being respected, also being paid and being paid what they're worth. Um, but at the same time, more of them were just happy to be asked to be a part of a project. Again, with a lot of us, we're out there, but they're, you know, they're not really being looked at or picked, you know, picked to be a part of any other project. And sadly, even within our own community, there is some circles where it's like very tight knit, like only these particular gays can do stuff. Um, so that's another thing that we really wanted to look out for. But with our particular creators and artists, um, they were just excited to be asked to be a part of something. Um, and I have to tell you, having William, who is very good at editing, I'm learning from him, um, been really good helping them kind of hone in their craft to, you know, to give a little bit more, take a little bit more. And that's when we realized that there's really no mentorship in a sense uh, for a lot of Black and queer creators and artists. And that's what we are also hoping to play a role as um, to really help them get better at doing this. Um, so I think as we are going through this process now, a lot of them are very happy that, one, they were asked to be a part of this, but also getting that toolage about how to tell a good story, how to really capture that part within their art or in their storylines. Um, they, they just needed that push and that help to kind of formulate that a little bit stronger and make sure that that is something that people want to see and read, but also for themselves to see like, oh, I've been going this direction. You helping me see, I need to go that direction. Um, so I think looking back as we have collected everybody and work with everybody, I think they were very happy just to be a part of this project, but also learning how to really navigate strongly through this process, if that makes sense. And another thing I wanted to ask you about, you mentioned it being uh, kind of genres where you might not necessarily be used to seeing these characters, you know, what little we have seen of these characters, you know, and, and I get it, like stereotypes come, they, they're they generated for a reason, like, they, they, you know, there's an impetus behind it. So if you want to talk about just pe persons of color, so often it's urban setting, right, or it's gritty, or it's street, or it's crime, or what have you, Um and and so and and really we want to take it to the other side too. If we talk about queer stories, so often it's romance, right? Mm -hmm. um, but again, if we're talking about really seeing the world outside your window, you're talking about all walks of life in all genres. So, was that a conscious effort that you that you all made when you reached out to these creators and said, "Hey, we're going to do this, and we want to focus on you know queer black characters, and we also want to um, really utilize the talents of queer black creators." But we want it to be in sci-fi. We want it to be fantasy. We don't necessarily want to lean into those stereotypes. Was that something that was really you were really cognizant of? Yeah, we we really want them to 
flip the whole table in the sense of like, this is fantasy and sci-fi. There are really no roles. You can make up whatever you want. Um, you can really take mythology and take it to another level. One of the things that I've learned with with many creators is it's easy to be like, oh, there's North Scott. They're North, North, but North gods. I can never say that word. Um, but, you know, there's Greek gods, um, but there's, you know, a lot of African gods, Black gods that they can really get into as well. But because of the way the genre has been set, we don't really look at them unless it is something um, where you're dealing with Storm because of who Storm is or right. Black Panther. But I wanted... Um, for many of our creators and artists to like really think outside of the box. This is a world that we can create. You have the ability to create gods. You have the ability to create another word for fairies or whatever you want to do. I really wanted this. And William also was really big about this for our creators to really just turn fantasy up on its end and really make it something that feels very familiar to um, us as Black people, but also something to where it's like, we're not a monolith too at the same time, if that makes sense, that we can really be in, in all different shapes, sizes, worlds, beings, what have you. Just really take it all the way outside of the box and challenge the reader. I think our readers want to be challenged. They want to see something different. They want something that excites them. And that's what I really wanted um, our creators to really do is really is take us there do what you can to really get us to a different level but make it black <laughs> at the same time and queer yeah i mean well it's one of the reasons that i i think sci-fi and fantasy work so well as a genre because you like you're right the sky's the limit we're talking comics unlike a movie or a tv show or what have you there's no budget right you can make it as big and fantastical as as you want but those genres lend themselves to such creativity and really, you can take it in any emotional direction, you know, any political direction or what have you, because there's there's not going to be any point where the reader says, well, no, that wouldn't happen because it's, you know, set in our world. Right. Well, that can't happen. The laws of physics literally can be different in these stories. So mm -hmm. it really opens up creative freedom. Uh, and have the creators really embraced that? Have you been impressed by the ideas they eventually came up with? Yes, they have, you know, really wowed us with just things that they've been working on, ideas they've had, and they just, you know, didn't think it would work. And after we kind of talk through it with them, it's like, wow, this would work. So they are bringing in, um, you know, some of them are really challenging what we thought of mermaids, what we think about people in space, what we think about, um, you know, ghosts and, 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 and witches and warlocks. They have really pushed that to different levels and also introduced mythologies within our culture that we don't really see often. So they have really, they have really just upped the game. And it makes me sometimes a little sad because I'm like, these are great people that need to be in this industry. And, you know, hopefully that people will see their work in our book and give them those opportunities, but they are coming with their A game and it's really amazing to watch. Yeah. And that's the other point that I wanted to make here, just because these are queer black creators and you're leaning into that and you're telling sci-fi and fantasy stories, starring those characters. It doesn't mean some of these people aren't talented, uh, you know, to where they could do Batman or Spider-Man or any other kind of thing. Right. I mean, how many different, uh, you know, we talk about the default of straight white guys, a hero, you know, default comic creator of the, you know, early fifties, sixties, what have you. Uh, you know, straight white Jewish guy, uh, but mm -hmm. they were writing everything from romance to Western to horror to, you know, what have you. So 
there's no reason that these uh, these craters can't expand and do uh, do other things. So yeah, hopefully it's a stepping stone for uh, a lot of them. Um, are is this going to be the first published work for uh, for some of these craters? Yes, this is going to be pretty much for. Oh my God, ninety percent of them this will be their first time. So we're really excited for them to kind of go through this process. Cool. Well, can you give us a, an idea of uh, maybe not every single story, but can you give us a rundown of what some of the stories and some of the craters that are going to be uh, included in uh, in the book, just kind of in broad strokes? Yeah. So in super broad strokes, um, we have like Juan Mance, we have Jay Hero, we have um, Eggs, um, William is doing a story. Um, most of the stories that we do have will focus on like, for example, we're dealing with fairies, different types of fairies. What does that mean um, in a sexual sense? Um, also, we have stories about space um, and what it is to be lonely, um, but not lonely in space. And what does it mean to be connected to um, different worlds in that sense? I'm trying to keep it vague because I want people yeah. to be Right, yeah. So we have a um, story about a, a, a young woman discovering her power and her gift and what does that really mean as a black woman um as a black queer woman and, and how does she represents um being a hero when the world sees her differently um and we also have uh, a story that focuses on queer superheroes who are uh, working together like each other but you know everything the world ending is getting in their way so we have some fun stories have some serious stories um one of the stories that i hope to get into either in this edition or maybe a different edition is you know talking about how um particular black gods created dusk um, you know, between, you know, sunset and, and the sun rising, what does that mean? Um, and how they came together and how, you know, um, how, you know, to them it's very natural. But again, they're part of this like a day and night and how they cannot mix. So just sharing different types of stories that really talks about our mythology, our history, our culture, um, but mixing it all into the world of fantasy and sci-fi. Well, what's interesting in hearing you talk about some of these stories, it gets me excited to read them, uh, is I feel like somebody who, you know, is comes from this community, you know, like you mentioned, um, being underrepresented and, and probably having to come through some hardships. And um, there's probably a stigma, you know, I know like I, part of my heritage uh, is Hispanic, you know, my mother's side, uh, Mexican and very traditional, very conservative when it comes to sexual orientation. And I know that there's that uh, perception in the African-American community. Again, there's been progress, but there's still that, you know, section that thinks, oh, macho and not okay to cry and show your feelings and certainly not okay to be uh, homosexual. So I know a lot of these creators have probably been through their own challenges and their own struggles. So it, it seems like, especially, again, going to the idea of genre and the, these two genres, sci-fi and fantasy, being so adaptable to tell these kind of stories, I feel like a lot of them are probably going to bring a lot of emotionality of their own experiences to mm-hmm. really talk about what it, what does it mean to be a fairy and have different sexuality? Was it, what does it mean to be a, a superhero and but be identified differently and be on, on the out? So it just seems like there's a lot of room for some really powerful stories and for them to be personal stories for these uh, creators. Would you say that's the case? Like a lot of them are really drawing on personal experience to give their all. 
Yes, um, a lot of them are doing it. You know, when I think of some of our trans creators who are a part of this, um, using kind of fantasy to kind of talk about their stories and what it meant to go through the process. Um, I think for many of us, fantasy and sci-fi have always been those type of uh, genres that we can escape um, and explore different sides of ourselves. Um, and I think when we're given the opportunity to do so, we just kind of take it to the next level. I knew that once we use those particular genres and their storytelling, that was just going to unleash a floodgate of things they can think of and what they want to do. And I love the fact that we're getting a lot of their personality in these stories. We get a lot of their experiences in these stories to where you're getting to know them as the creators and artists, as well as the characters that they are have, um, placed on the page. So I'm, I'm fully believe, and even when I've written my own stuff, it's I'm putting a lot of things that I've experienced in those stories and mix it in with you know things like horror and fantasy to kind of talk about this is how I dealt with it. But I'm flipping it around to where there's a monster you're dealing with here. Yeah. So I think that this is really going to be an opportunity for them to really kind of you know in a therapeutic type of way, really tell their stories, really get some things out there, really share with the world um, their own experiences through these particular stories they're telling for our book. Yeah. And again, it goes back to what I was saying earlier about, you know, looking at what's important to, a, you know, a, a community or a society by looking at the stories that they, that they tell. So that's fantastic. And I think once they see that it actually exists, it's actually published, it's actually physically, they can hold it in their hands. There's, there's power to that, right? It helps them to feel seen as creators. And that's, that's one of the reasons why when I was thinking of doing this book and, and gathering everybody to do so, um, that is what I want. I want people to have that something they can pick up in times of just uncertainty and doubt and everything. They have a book that can look at and say, oh, my goodness, this is something I can look at. I can escape this book. They look like me. This is stories about people like me. So that was one of the things that when I was like, hey, William, we got to do this book. Um, that's what he also felt as well. He really wants that to happen. He tells great stories in the comics that he writes and the stories that he creates. And I wanted everybody to see that and have that experience. So hopefully when this book is out um, and, you know, we're, you know, it's the first day, um, decent, um, d decent start. We hope to keep going. Um, but we will really want this book to be something that people can have. They can go and buy, they can reference in years from now, just point to the fact that that was a book that really helped him kind of through some processes and things. So really excited for how this project is going so far. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, uh, like we both mentioned uh, previously, you know, just a chance for others that might be out there struggling, you know, to feel seen, Hey, they did it. I can do it too. Because again, there's going to be relatability to these stories, even if it's, you're not in space or you're not a fairy, you know, so much of this is personal, like you mentioned, for the creators, uh, and that's going to come through. And, and I think it'll resonate with people. Uh, so obviously, this project is going on through Zoop. Uh, everybody, a link in the campaign down below. Go and check it out. What made you decide to do uh, the campaign through uh, through Zoop? Zoop has a real personal um you have a good interaction with them and making this process happen. The things they're willing to do um, is really cool. And it is very helpful um, to where, you know, it helps at the end of the day uh, that we have that support. 
you know, they're making sure like, hey, we're reaching out to people. We're making sure you reach your goals. We're making sure that you've looked at this. You thought about that. Um, they've been very helpful so far and they've been very um, um, just supportive in this overall process. And when we learn more about them, it was like, yes, because they are in the trenches with you. They're not that, you know, other places you're on your own. You know, you have to worry right. about like, you know, sending out those those stickers and pins and everything, they help you figure out how to do that. They help you figure out, um, you know, the packaging and everything and what needs to be done. They are really, really hands-on with that. And I think it was also time to try something a bit different because everybody is using some of the so the familiar ones out there. Nothing's wrong with them. But, you know, when you have somebody who's really in the trenches with you, that's really, that's really helpful. Um, and it makes you feel like that, you know, there's others that really want to make you succeed through their, through their, not just because it brings more people to them, but they really want to see you succeed um, um, in ways that is just very supportive overall. Yeah. Well, I, it must be a little bit of a weight off your shoulders and off William's shoulders, right? You guys get to focus on actually creating the book and don't have to worry about shipping it or getting it printed or any of that, right? Yeah. Just focus yeah. on the important part, the creative yeah. creativity. Right. That's what I really enjoy about them. Um, I got to listen to a, a presentation they had and I was like, that is amazing because <laughs> I I have done crowdfunding before through another source. And that was a lot. That was a lot of work. Like I look back like, how did I pull that off? <laughs> um, but with this, this is just nice that, you know, they pinpoint where we need to go, how we need to do it and what will be best. They also look out for our best interests. So I'm always happy if anybody wants to help us, you know, do our best, um, that's a good thing. And that's what they have been doing so far for us. Well, why don't you let our listeners know uh, how, about how long do you think the book is going to be like in, in, in page length? And then uh, what are some of the uh, rewards that are available? All right. So we um, it will probably be like over 100 pages. Um, some of the awards we have, we're doing pins. We're also doing stickers. We're doing pins of the logo as well as some of the characters like Pinkie Pie, um, as well as we'll have, um, shirts made with the logo as well. So we're looking at shirts. We have pins, we have stickers, we have more of the books. Um, and we also will have some, um, some personalized art from some of our creators um, that they'll be able to get sketches and what have you from them. Um, so that's something that we're very excited about because they'll get to see more of the talent that we have a part of this book. Like it's amazing. Some of the art that they have besides what they're doing for the book. So we, we have those um, particular things available for all of our people who are interested in it. That's what I like about Zook too. You can choose. Right. Uh, um, cause sometimes you would just get so many things. You're like, I really didn't want all this, right. but they choose. So we hope they kind of, you know, take advantage of getting the stickers, getting the pins, getting the t-shirts, you know, those type of things to, you know, really kind of push the book, but the push the message overall with the book through those particular items. Yeah, it's fantastic. So again, everybody link in the show notes, you can go click there, go check out the campaign. Uh, the art looks stunning. It's really beautiful. And I'll also take this opportunity to remind everybody, as I always do when we talk about this, maybe uh, everything Victor says is like scratch your itch and you'd love to join, but times are tough and time and money is tight and we totally get it. Uh, the other way you can help out Victor and William and all these creators other than joining the community and joining the campaign and pledging is to just share it on social media. Let everybody know if you have friends, 
people down at the comic shop. Maybe your local comic shop wants to order some for the shelf, what have you. Let's just spread the word. Let's get this out there. So everybody who wants to be a part of it has the opportunity. You can't join a campaign if you don't know about it. So other than joining and pledging, uh, just share it out there on social media, everybody, so we can get uh, everybody who wants to be a part of this uh, because it's fantastic. It's worthwhile. Uh, it seems very diverse and representative, and I can't wait to check it out myself. So, uh, again, Victor, it's been fantastic chatting with you as we're winding down here. Uh, any last things, any last thoughts to share with our listeners? Yeah, you know, feel free to, again, as you were saying, if you can donate, pass it along, but, you know, help us out, make sure that we make this a thing and we have more coming. So even if, you know, it'll take a little bit of time, we still have more coming. So again, thank you for having us here and um, just excited to see where, where this book will take us. And if anyone has any questions, do you have a presence on social media? If they want to ask about the campaign or what have you, where's the best place? Um, the best place will be, well, like X, Twitter, wherever they're calling it these days. Um, I'm Wonderman5 with two N's and a five. Um, you can find me there or you can find us. Um, you can find us through um, Stack Deck Press or even Prism Comics. That's who we're also working with with that too. So our information is all over the place. So if you want to look us up mostly on X, <laughs> it's somewhere to call it that. But, you know, we're there. We're all over the place there. Okay. I'm not going to call it X. I'm going to continue to call it Twitter. And I'll yeah. put a link in the show notes as well to Victor's Twitter and uh, Static and Prism Comics as well. So if you have questions, no excuse. You can go find uh, find him there. Ask Victor. I'm sure he'll be happy to answer any questions. So uh, again, best of luck with the project. Uh, I really hope it comes to fruition. Like I said, it seems very, very worthwhile and very interesting. So uh, again, thanks for taking the time. It was, uh, it was a real pleasure. Right. Thank you. And so all you listeners want to thank you for your support as always. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate you listening and we'll talk to you next time. You can find the Comic Source Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash thecomicsource. Do a search for The Comic Source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening and we'll talk to you next time.